It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you're indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 15th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of, Orlando, of Locked On Magic, we'll talk all about the Orlando Magic's victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. A stunning victory. Perhaps a defining victory. Perhaps not. We've seen that play out before, but we'll talk all about that game and what it means for the Orlando Magic moving forward. But before we get any further, I want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for on iTunes. Just like you can find a Locked On Podcast covering the Magic, you know, this is the one you're listening to right now. In excruciating detail, you can find one covering every single team in the NBA. Getting ready for Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Lakers, check out Locked On Lakers. They do a great job covering that team. They'll talk all about LeBron James passing Wilt Chamberlain uh, for fifth all-time on the NBA's all-time scoring list, as well as the Lakers' big win over the Portland Trailblazers as they move two games above 500. The Magic just one game below at the moment should be a good battle Saturday at the Amway Center. You can also check out Locked On NBA for your national perspective. I'm sure they'll talk all about Jimmy Butler's first game with the Philadelphia 76ers from that perspective, including the Magic's big win here tonight. So definitely check all that out. Um, you can find that on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. With 15 seconds to go in the game, the Orlando Magic looked a bit lost. Um, just, just like they looked a bit lost, you know, at the beginning of the fourth quarter when they were down by 16 points, and, and it felt like Philadelphia, the quote-unquote better team, was going to get ready to run away with things. That yeah, the Magic could try and try and try, but the shots weren't going in. The Sixers were just too talented, too good. This was not their night. But it would be their night. A 21-0 run in the fourth quarter. The, uh, according to ESPN, the second longest uh, run without a response in the NBA so far this season. Coming from a team that offensively is, yeah, challenged. And then with 15 seconds left, the Magic trying to create a play and finding nothing. Uh, a, 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 a breakdown in a lot of ways. And a team that doesn't have a go-to guy suddenly found one. guy that they've gone to a lot this year, even if it wasn't necessarily in these clutch situations. Terrence Ross stared down the defense as, as he does and as, as so many players do, just trying to create a little space and a little rhythm. And right now, Terrence Ross is in a rhythm, shooting a 68% effective field goal percentage over his last seven games. Averaging 16 points per game in his last seven games. And Ross rose up and fired. A three-pointer that went down with eight seconds to play. Giving the Magic a three-point lead. A 109-106 to lead. Helping complete a major comeback. Of course, the Magic still needed one more stop. 
And when J.J. Redick came around a screen to get a dribble handoff from Ben Simmons that ended up getting him an open three-pointer, he took his angle a little too wide. And the Magic's defense doing a good job pressuring him along the outside. And the Magic from there took care of business. The Sixers turned the ball over, and the Magic made their free throws to put the game out of reach. The Orlando Magic upsetting the Philadelphia 76ers with the national audience watching for Jimmy Butler's first game in a Sixers uniform, 111-106. to This was a, a, a solid performance from the Magic. I wouldn't call it a strong performance. I wouldn't even call it their best. They made a lot of plays down the stretch, you know, shooting 50% from the floor, 12 for 20 from beyond the arc, getting to the foul line for 22 free throws, making 19 of 22. Orlando did a lot of the things they needed to do to win the game. Nikola Vucevic had eight free throw attempts. That's very rare for him. And Orlando made big plays over and over again, whether it was Jonathan Isaac back from an injury, rising up to block Joel Embiid at the rim. A thunderous block that capped off that 21 to nothing run the Magic went on in the fourth quarter. A game that seemed like it was slowly getting out of reach. The Magic just unable to shoot enough, to, to stop, get enough stops, to kind of stop Philadelphia's momentum. Suddenly changed. Because Orlando just wasn't going to give up. Maybe their urgency lifted. Maybe their, their attention to detail lifted. The magic did not go away. The magic did not quit. The magic did not relent. And eventually, the lead fell. They kept working and working and working and working. And, and made the plays they needed to do to make to make this a game again. Philadelphia had an answer, of course. Wilson Chandler made some, made some difficult shots. Orlando's defense loosened up a little bit. But Orlando was in the game. They were in the fight. All of a sudden, they had belief. That's a big thing, belief. Something that maybe has been missing. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's not. But Orlando had belief again. Believing they could win the game even, even when they were down. They stuck with it and, and you could see the results immediately. Philadelphia struggled in the fourth quarter. They only scored 19 points. Got outscored 35-19 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Joel Embiid, who had a triple-double with 19 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, shot just 6 for 20, relying almost exclusively on his outside shot, shooting 4 for 7 from beyond the arc, meaning he was 2 for 13 inside the three-point line. Magic did a good job keeping him away from the basket, Nikola Vucevic especially, forcing him and baiting him into jumpers that he was just not hitting. Jimmy Butler was fine in his first game with 14 points, on 6-for-12 shooting. But clearly was still getting used to his surroundings and his new teammates. And Philadelphia really got nothing much outside of their starters. And Ben Ben Simmons struggling with 9 points didn't help matters either. But we can say that Philadelphia didn't have a great game. They were still up 16 in the fourth quarter. They were still looking like they would cruise to victory. And maybe that was the, the problem. They felt like they could cruise to victory. And so when Orlando came with their run, they couldn't ratchet it back up because they really weren't playing that great. They were making shots when Orlando wasn't. And so when Orlando's shots began to fall, when Orlando began to assert themselves, the game completely flipped. The game 
completely changed. And the magic finally had control. It was a mixture of a lot of things. Jonathan Simmons had his first really good game in a while. Terrence Ross was what Terrence Ross has been for the last two weeks. Aaron Gordon was a mate was fantastic distributing the ball with six assists. DJ Augustin was moving the ball with nine assists. Nikola Vucevic was a scoring machine. But the ball movement from the Magic, when the Magic were moving the ball both in the first half and in the second half, their offense was extremely difficult to stop, even with a good Philadelphia team. And again, the problem still seems to be with this Orlando team is when players try to do too much on their own and they don't get that ball moving, that's when they really, really struggle. That was gone in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, the Magic dominated the game by moving the ball, by passing it. A, a great sequence with about two minutes to play. Nikola Vucevic caught the ball in the high post, gave it to DJ Augustin, uh, driving down the lane, and then he flipped it over to Aaron Gordon as the defense adjusted, and Gordon had a free two-handed jam. That was not the only time that happened. Augustin had a nice behind-the-back pass to Vucevic for a dunk. Orlando was able to get into the paint, especially Augustin, whose, whose probing dribbles are really good, and were able to cut and move to find open players. And, and the Magic's cutting, I thought, was a lot better in this game as well. It is feeling like it is a pattern now. Orlando's beaten San Antonio. They've beaten Boston. They've played a one-point game to Philadelphia. Now they've beaten Philadelphia. They're playing well against good teams. And maybe it's too early to draw too many conclusions. Maybe it's a problem that they're up for the good teams and not always as focused against the, the struggling teams or the middling teams. But the Magic should be getting that belief that they can beat anybody. And they can see that when they play the right way, even with their small margin for error, they can beat anybody. They can overcome just about any deficit. They can build any lead. Maybe this Philadelphia team wasn't at full capacity or at full strength quite yet. Maybe this Philadelphia team still needed the time to gel, get used to new teammates, still dealing with a little bit of the shell shock, I suppose, um, of a mid-season trade, which is, which is a shocking thing to, to a team. It takes adjustment. Again, again, Sixers had a 16-point lead. That's a game they should close. It's a game they feel they should close. It's a game they should feel they let go. Just as much as the Magic should feel they took it. Orlando took this game. Orlando won this game. Orlando was, frankly, the better team. And all that seems to suggest that, yes, there is reason to believe. There is reason to think maybe this is the Magic team that figures it out. This is the Magic team that buys in, that takes that elusive next step. It's hard to say all that after one game, but Having won now five of the past seven games with varying levels of comfort. Having won five of the last seven games now. There is a pattern developing of the Magic being a tough out. Being a team that's going to keep fighting and scrapping and giving themselves at least a chance to win. Those two losses were both close losses. Came down in the fourth quarter. The Magic, 
definitely still have their work cut out for them, and no one's going to deny that. There's a tough road ahead. And it starts Saturday against the Lakers, to be perfectly honest. But this is one to keep in the scrapbook. This is one where you could clearly see the Magic were the ones playing loose, playing free, playing confident. And the one where the Magic got a little bit of, a, of, of that swagger back. Of course, we'll, we'll see how it carries over and whether the Magic can topple the King in their next outing. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the box score real fast for you here. Uh, Terrence Ross, the hero of the game, off the bench, 15 points, 6 for 9, shooting 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 7 rebounds for him. Uh, you know, Terrence Ross is just becoming super reliable uh, as a scorer, um, a big, big, big part of the bench, you, you know, plus 13 on the game. Excuse me. Um, he was just able to make the shots that the Magic needed. Um, you know, he's the guy... You know, I kind of joked about this in the grades post. He's the guy that you you give the ball to and you just kind of exclaim, do something. Do something. He's been doing a lot for this team. He's been doing a whole lot for this group uh, and, and and just creating really something out of nothing. That's, that's really the best way for me to explain it. Uh, when the Magic give him the ball, He's just making plays. He's getting his shot up. And, and they're not good shots most of the time. A lot of the time they are. But they're not good shots most of the time. And they're just going in right now. Like I said, he's got a 68% effective field goal percentage. He is just making shots left and right. And the Magic are finishing with him and letting and, and relying on him at the end of games. And that three that he hit was cold-blooded. But it wasn't the only three that he hit. Um, another big play in this game was uh, jo- Joel Embiid just completely shoving Nikola Vucevic out of the way. He has a clear path to the basket, and Jonathan Isaac rises to meet him, blocks the dunk, bounces it bounces off the rim after Isaac. Isaac really kind of meets him uh, and, and slows slows him down, keeps him from the basket to where Embiid misses off the ba- basket. Uh, and Orlando starts a fast break, and Simmons finds Ross open for three, and that that, that capped off a again twenty one to nothing run for the Orlando Magic. That got them back into the game. Gave them a lead in that fourth quarter. And Ross is just super reliable. He's always in the right spot and he plays great defense. I mean, he's, he's again, just one of the most reliable players on this roster right now. Um, and, and he should be getting six-man-of-the-year buzz with the way he's playing and the way he's producing so far. It's still obviously very early. Nikola Vucevic led the team in scoring with 30 points, 10 for 19 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals for him. Uh... Vucevic did a good job just making shots. Um, you know, the Magic are playing through him a lot more in the post, which is a good thing. I, I, that's something that Steve Clifford wanted to do more. Um, guys cut really well off of him. A lot of the offense right now is dump the ball into Vucevic in the high post or the low post and have guys kind of cut and move around him where either Vucevic is going to take the ball and score or he's going to dish it back out to the perimeter or give it to a cutter who's going to the basket. And, and he's such a good passer. He's a really skilled passer for... 
a big man. Uh, I would venture to say that outside of Marcus Gasol and Nikola Jokic, he's in that tier of the next group of guys at the very least, if not at the top of that list. And, and a lot of people don't talk a lot about his passing. I don't think a lot of coaches have trusted him with his passing. Steve Clifford's really empowered him a lot in this offense, and the results are showing because he's playing fantastic offense. Uh, and not only that, he's really engaged defensively. Um, give Vucevic a lot of credit uh, for Embiid. I think Embiid settled for his jumper. He didn't attack the basket like he normally would, but Vucevic used good positioning to keep Embiid on the perimeter, baited him into jumpers where he could still contest, but but kind of left him with the thought that, that, thought that I'm open, that I should shoot this. Um, but he's he's been very good defensively. He's been good at, at directing players um, to the right places. Uh, I think the backside defense, Aaron, Aaron Gordon especially, has been very good to protect Vucevic a lot more, and he's proving himself to be so extremely valuable. I mean, I think I, I think Steve Clifford is genuine when he says that Vucevic is a really skilled player and one of the top guys that everyone prepares for every night when they play the Magic. We haven't seen it, I think, because a lot of coaches have kind of stuck to traditional ways of thinking about centers. And, um, you know, frankly, the Magic's guards and, and, and weak side help haven't helped Vucevic and, and have exposed some of his flaws. Now they're covering them up a little bit more. Um, I, I don't think Vucevic has changed much as a defensive player. I think he's gotten a lot better with his understanding and his attention to detail and his focus, uh, at least focus and executing on that era, area, not that he's ever been unfocused or 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 that or any anything like that. He's just been a little maybe slow to react and slow to slow to get. He knows where he needs to be, but he doesn't always get there. Now he's getting there, and and I think we're seeing the benefits of that. And you know, I, the only problem with Vucevic I had tonight was I thought he was a little slow getting out to shooters. MB did get a couple threes, and and the Magic were a little late closing out on him. But again, some of it is to bait him into that, bait him into shooting on the perimeter, believing in his three point shot too much, where he's less effective. The further away Embiid's away from the basket the better it is for the Magic. Then again, Embiid still had a triple-double. I think he got to put some of that on Vucevic, but maybe that was part of the strategy all night was to make Embiid a passer, make Embiid a perimeter player rather than a post player. And if that was the case, the Magic did a really good job and Vucevic deserves a lot of the credit. Aaron Gordon, also another strong game. 17 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. One turnover to those 6 assists, 2 blocks, 7 for 13 shooting. Um... You know, it's not showing up in gaudy numbers quite yet with Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon is playing some great all-around basketball. He's a he's pl- you know playing as a great playmaker. He is uh, taking smart shots. He isn't over dribbling like he used to. He isn't isolating too much. Yeah, maybe he sometimes settles a little bit too much for that mid-range jumper, especially a fallaway mid-range jumper, but. He was making them on Wednesday night, and he was generally very, very good. Um, Steve Clifford, I think, really trusts him to make decisions on the ball uh, and moving the ball, moving the ball throughout the team, and keeping the Magic within the flow of their offense. And and again, this is a this was a stellar game for the Magic as a whole. Aaron Gordon is a big, big part of that, and and he's had a fantastic run of play of late. Jonathan Isaac made his return to the court after missing the last six games with a sprained ankle. Scored four points, one for three shooting, two for two from the foul line, six rebounds, and one massive block. Look, Isaac coming back from injury, it's it's still essentially a rookie year for him. So like Mo Bamba, who also didn't have a great game, four points, two for six shooting, four rebounds, he's going to have games where he isn't quite there, where where, the, where his consistency isn't quite what it needs to be. Um, you know, defensively, I thought Isaac was caught a little bit out of position a few times. Um, I thought that, offensively, he looked a little bit 
not lost, but out of sync is, is the best way to put it. And I would say the same about his defense. It was just out of sync. Um, but, you know, he plays within himself. Um, he, he I don't think he ever really takes away from the team when he's in there. And he will make plays. He made a big one in this one. If you haven't seen the replay of the of it yet, uh, the, the the Joel Embiid block um, is, is going to be one of the plays of the year. It's going to be one of the plays of his career. It, you just add it to a list of strong plays that he's made. As he gets back into rhythm, you know, they'll have a practice on Friday to, to get him back into rhythm again. I'm sure he'll get the call on LeBron James a little bit in uh, in Saturday's game against the Lakers. Uh, but as he gets back into rhythm, I think we'll see that see the confidence return and and see him kind of get reach a level of consistency. But a good first game back for Jonathan Isaac. He made a bit, he made a positive impact, even if it doesn't show in the box score. Another guy who made a positive impact too was Jonathan Simmons. Twelve points, three for four shooting, two for two from beyond the arc. He made his shots tonight, which which I think absolutely helps him and absolutely covers up some of the things that he that he does that he really struggles with. Defended the ball really really well. Um, uh, you know, a good game for Jonathan Simmons in a sea of games where he's really struggled. So it's good to see him put one under his belt. Hopefully he can match it again. I would also say, though, that as the Sixers built their 16-point lead, as the Sixers took the lead in the third quarter, I thought Simmons was trying to dribble around too much. I mean, if we criticize Aaron Gordon for trying to dribble too much and create for himself, Simmons falls into that trap a lot too, where his, his drives are a little reckless, a little wild, and he's just kind of stalling the ball a little bit instead of keeping it moving. It's absolutely key for this team to pass the ball and move the ball. They got to cut hard. They got to pass. They got to you know they got to move the ball to the next guy. Um, if that first move doesn't work, move it to the next guy. It's really not a, a difficult concept, but um, you know, got to have a healthy amount of ego to make it in the NBA. But you got to know when to when it's time to move it and, and and try and work something else within the offense. And I think that's something Simmons. Is, is struggling a little bit with right now. I think he's a little frustrated and trying to force himself out of it by doing what he knows how to do, and, and, and maybe sometimes that takes away from things. I, I don't know, uh, but good game from Simmons, a good sign, and hopefully uh, it's a sign of things to come. Evan Fournier really struggled in this game, though. Nine points, four for 12 shooting, one for five from beyond the arc, four turnovers for him. Um, left a lot to be desired, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Magic needed Fournier to hit some open shots. He didn't. I thought he forced some shots, took some took some kind of heat check threes, for for lack of a better term, uh, that that the Magic really didn't need him to take. Um, but he took them. Um, and, and so his shot selection, I thought, was a little suspect uh, on this in this game um, for for the Magic. Uh, one more guy to note: Wessel Wundu, eleven points, four for five shooting, stayed in the starting lineup with Jonathan Isaac still coming back from the injury. Uh, I thought that Wessowundu was fantastic. I think people are beginning to recognize um, what he does that that doesn't show up in a box score, especially when he has these good box score games. Good defender. Um, you know, honestly, they need to find him more minutes. Eighteen forty four on the court. Um, he plays good defense. He he fits into his role, and he's making shots like he did on on Wednesday night. He's he's a good he's a good three and D guy. I mean, I think that's ultimately what the Magic want him to be: is a stand in the corner, make open threes and then play really good defense. Uh, I think that's what they ultimately want him to be. A little bit of playmaking involved in there too, but but that that can come as t- in time. Iwundu uh, is putting together some some nice moments and some nice play um, that won't go recognized as much in, the bo- in a box score, uh, but is looking very good, and that's why I think Steve Clifford is trusting him a whole lot more. The Orlando Magic shoot 50% from the floor, 12 for 28 from beyond the arc, 19 for 22 from the foul line. The Sixers shoot 47.7%. Um, looking at the advanced box score here. Let's take a look at the advanced box score here. The Sixers uh, with a 109.3 offensive rating, 
about the Magic's average. Orlando with a 113.3 offensive rating. So very strong game for Orlando offensively. They defeat the Philadelphia 76ers 111 to 106. Coming from behind, they said the Terrence Ross three-pointer. They'll take on the Los Angeles Lakers next on Saturday at the Amway Center. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Tomorrow, we'll have the, the conclusion of, of my discussion with Stuart Hodge, um, kind of recapping where the Magic are at this point uh, of the season. If you missed the first part of that conversation, you can check that out on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to check out the archives for that. But until tomorrow, until we do this again, Thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.